Welcome to Loyalty and Blood, a Vampire Academy podcast, where we will be talking about the new Vampire Academy show on Peacock, as well as the books. I'm Caitlin. And I am Mandy. And I don't think I said this last week, but this is definitely the podcast where we mispronounce words. But hopefully we'll fix that once the show actually starts. Also, I want to take a minute to give you guys a spoiler warning. Uh, while our episodes covering the show will be spoiler-free, um, these episodes about the books will obviously spoil the show for you, more than likely. We don't actually know what's in the show. Um, so listen to these at your own risk. If you have not read the books and are intending to watch the show, maybe skip these until after the season's over and then come back and listen. And I also want to give a quick content warning because there is um, a scene of self-harm in these chapters of the book. And I know that can be upsetting for some. Yes. And before we move in, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to at uh, Bree Dawn Writer on Twitter, who I guess listens to one of our other shows and tweeted us the other day that she would be listening, uh, if only to be salty about Dimitri not being Russian in the show. <laughs> um, watching and listening to us. And I just wanted to say this because I, I, I tweeted back almost immediately that we would try to have less of an open mind about it just for her. And she took that as the joke that I meant it to be, even though it was after midnight and I don't know what I was saying. So I'm just really happy that I didn't come nice. across as insulting when I said that. Nice. You know, I got to say, hate watching is a valid form of entertainment. So more power to you. And we just have to remember to bring it up every single episode uh, that Dimitri isn't Russian and we're all very upset. I wonder if they're going to give him this. OK, I clearly do not remember. You no, know, he has an, he has an English. All. They all have like English accents in the trailer. Uh, I'm sure. OK. All right. See, my memory's just shot. N now I'm doubting myself, but I'm pretty sure it's English. <laughs> yeah. OK. But I, I feel like hating on Dimitri, even though I like Dimitri as a character, um, is on par for me because one of my favorite reviews that we got on our Enter the Fold podcast uh, basically just said that I talk about how much I hate Mal way too much and that I needed to stop. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. It's <laughs> a fair point. All right. Um, I, I don't think it's possible for anybody to talk about Dimitri too much, regardless of whether they love him or hate him. So, you know. This this might just be a Dimitri Stan podcast. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I I was trying to be, trying to be funny. It no, I, sorry. I just <laughs> I just started thinking about that. I'm like, I like Dimitri, but he's not one of my favorite like leading men from books. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, I'm trying to think about that. He's he's up there when I think about the Vampire Academy series. Mm -hmm. It's like it's Rose and Dimitri are the two people that I think about when I think about the series, but. It's always Rose first. Yeah, that's so, I, I do love Rose, yes. Yeah. He's he's definitely not like my favorite leading man out of all fiction for sure. Yeah. But he's he's good for this series. He's good. I guess. I just as much as I okay, this is like an actual spoiler here. Things that are not discussed in this book at all. So I don't know. Sorry. As much as 
I don't think Adrian should have ever gotten together with Rose, ever. I just like him so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I can't fault you for that. Yeah. I can't. So. But again, I his story turned out correctly. So And, and Rose and Dimitri turned out correctly, unless people have against a thing against teachers and their students, which is a whole oh. other issue. He's okay. He's not a teacher. He's training her. Uh huh. He is not a teacher. Mm hmm. I will die on that hill. Okay. Not a teacher. To be fair, some people have things for teachers and their students. So, I mean, there's something for everyone, I guess. Fair enough. Let's jump into the chapters before I say something more awkward. <laughs> All right. This week we are talking about chapters nine through 16. Yep. And. You know, kind of a lot happens in these chapters. Like, we were talking last week that those eight chapters, not a lot happened. It was really just a lot of exposition and introductory stuff. And I feel like kind of a lot more, like, things happen that move the plot along here. Yes. So. We, we definitely got over, well, that's not true. We got into different high school shenanigans. There's definitely still a lot of high school drama here, and I could do without that part. Yeah, it's, it, there's a lot. There, so. There's definitely a point where I'm like, this is just a vicious circle. Could we, <laughs> could somebody please be the bigger person? I don't care who. Uh, eventually, maybe. But. but then, like, it's Rose for some reason. <laughs> like, oh, Rose must hate that. So if you guys remember, we ended last week with Lissa being sneaky and Rose deciding to spy on her. But, like, surprise, surprise, she's just chatting with Christian in the secret church room. Yeah. It's real sexy. I think it's hilarious. The only reason that Lissa feels like she has to be sneaky is because Rose doesn't like Christian. Like one person out of this entire school and I she mean, has to be sneaky when they don't even have, like they don't even live in the same dorm. Like completely separate buildings. And she knows that Rose can see into her emotions and head. So it's like not even, so like being sneaky is no help. Right, exactly. But also they are in, a, like they're not supposed to be where they are. That's true. But Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the sneakiness is not about where she is. It's about who she's with. Yes. Because clearly Lissa has been using this hideout for a while, like before they left. And Rose didn't know about it then because there was no sneakiness. Uh, I don't remember what Rose said because we, we see the secret room in the last chapters. And I, and, we, and Lissa talked to Christian about it, but I don't remember if Rose had a thought. So I'm just going to assume she didn't. Yeah. I like the scene. I like Christian. I frankly. like him also, yes. I really like Christian. I think he's kind of adorable. He does have, like, clearly a chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. But I like the way that he softens when Lissa, like, actually sees him. Because mm -hmm. it's clear. And, you know, they make a point to say this several times in this scene. It's clear that nobody really sees Christian for who Christian is. They just see his parents. Yeah. Um. So I like that we get to see this scene. I do also. And I think, uh, I just think that they have good chemistry. You know, Absolutely, the way that yeah. they, yeah, and it's just well done. And you can tell that they're both like into each other, even though we're not in either of their heads, really. I mean, Rose is aware when Lissa's being flirty, so. That's true. The other thing that happens here is Christian does not accept bullshit from Lissa. And he calls her on the fact that she's using Compulsion. Wait, does that happen here or does that happen in the next time that we see them together? I'm flipping through my book. Because there are two scenes that are basically the same, right? It's Christian and Lissa 
in the little church room. Is there another scene with the two of them in the church room? There is. After the, um, oh shit, maybe there's not. Maybe it is just this one. Yes, it is here because, um, because Liz is saying that Christian shouldn't use his magic that way. And Christian is like, you're a hypocrite because you use magic too for mm-hmm. less than, you know, hippie reasons. And he points yeah. out about how much she uses the compulsion and on people that other Marori are not able to use it on, like on Dampiers and other Marori. Right. Okay. This is, yeah, you're right. This is the only um, scene that we get between Christian and Lissa mm-hmm. um, right here. I actually have the scene flagged just because of something that we kind of mentioned last week a little bit. This is Christian calling out how those stupid rules, how those rules are stupid. Yes. About how they don't use magic because they should. He says, if we used magic as a weapon instead of just for warm and fuzzy shit, Strigoi wouldn't keep killing so many of us. And I just really like that he said warm and fuzzy shit. Also, like, he's he's incredibly right. I don't know, maybe just as as somebody who's not in my early 20s now, the world building is bothering me. Well, they are. I mean, they're really fuzzy on a lot of the past details. Like, they gave up their being attacky magic to keep themselves safe, but the attacky magic would help keep them safe. I don't know. It seems odd. I would say that Rochelle Mead is no J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> Does not have... I mean, that's You fair. know, volumes yeah. and volumes and volumes of, like, world history um, already prepared when she wrote the story. And so she's trying to tell us this current story and in telling us this current story is having to kind of make up the past as she goes. And I, for one, can forgive that and just accept it. So you're saying I should lighten up? That's fair. Yes. Yes. Lighten up, Caitlin. Okay. I almost called you Christian. (laughs) I guess it kind of rhymes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So. Okay. So after Alyssa has her conversation with Christian about magic using, Rose goes to have a hot makeout session with Jesse. But while they're making out, he figures out that she would have given blood to Lissa while they're away. Mm-hmm. And then that causes a whole bunch of drama between them because that is not looked upon kindly in their society. Uh, even if you're apparently saving your friend from starvation, it's still looked down upon. And then they are interrupted by everyone's favorite hot boy, Dimitri. Hello, Dimitri. And then everybody participates in some good slut shaming. Yeah, a little. I'm I'm disappointed in Dimitri here. Um, but he does make good points about himself and about Rose needing to see the bigger picture. But the way he goes about it, you telling her that she's making herself look cheap and that, you know, mm-hmm. she's throwing herself at guys. Like I think he says something like, you know, go back to your room if you think you can get there without throwing yourself at someone else. And I'm just like, Dimitri, no, no. Why would we say something like that? Yeah, like, I think the intent is for him to say, like, you exist in this society and you want this society to not think that of you. But it definitely comes across as him saying, you are acting like a slut and that's bad. Yes, yes. But, you know, I do appreciate, even though we get Rose's internal kind of dialogue here about how she's upset at the way Dimitri is seeing her Mm -hmm. and it it makes her feel cheap inside. Mm -hmm. She still stands up for herself and she says, why is it so wrong for me to have fun? I am 17. Yeah. 
right? And I'm glad that she did that because then it leads to the next conversation. And I think this is really what Dimitri was trying to get to. Yes. It's just the fucking patriarchy means that the way that you get to this shit is you have to slut shame first. Yeah, I, I really hope they cut that out of the show. Oh, I hope so, too. Um, because honestly, this book, one of the things I noticed reading these chapters is they mention Rose's looks and her body every chance they get. Mm-hmm. Like they are constantly reminding us that Rose is exotic looking and sexy and different from the other girls. And I different am not from here the Maroi. We don't really well, hear about any female uh, Dampier in here. Well, it's because there really aren't very many. Yeah. Right? That's that's what makes her even more exotic. Um, and I, I could definitely do without that. And I will say, in Dimitri's favor, we do find out more about him later as to why he would have the opinions he has that he brings up here. Mm-hmm. So I think it is more than, I think there's more going on there. Yeah. He reminds her, yes, you're 17, but what that really means is that in less than a year, she'll be 18, she will be a guardian, and she will have someone's life or death in her hands. That's insanity. And that's huge responsibility. And <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm probably going to regret saying this. We just finished watching Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And, of course, this is the one where in this in the MCU franchise, Aunt May tells Peter, with right. great power comes great responsibility. You know, when so. you messaged me and said Spider-Man 3, I definitely pictured the Tobey Maguire one, because that's actually called Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, 3, yeah. And I had a little bit less respect for you as a human person. Oh. Um, But now that you tell me this, I'm you, you have gained the respect back. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, so definitely that that is the conversation he's having with her right now is there's you are choosing a life of responsibility. And so you have to live up to that. But what that comes down to is more training, more training. But Rose is up for it. Mm -hmm. And I do like how Dimitri encourages her there. Mm hmm. And then in chapter 10, oh, sorry, did you have something to say? I was just going to say, unfortunately for Rose, that means she's not going to get out of running. Yeah. The worst thing in the world. Um, And then, yeah, in chapter 10, we had a whole page that I had to skip uh, because of secondhand embarrassment. I cannot stand the idea of a note (laughs) that I was writing to a friend being read out in front of the whole. I would literally kill myself if that happened Uh, to me. I would never go back. I wouldn't. uh, I had to not read it. Okay. It was so bad. Okay. So teachers yeah. are the worst sometimes. Yeah, teachers are the worst. But I was amused by the picture of this really old, like stodgy dude reading those words out loud. I don't like, even know what those words were. It doesn't matter. Moving on. Some stuff about Jesse, I presume. Yes. Jess well, and Jesse's name gets mentioned at the end, so everybody kind of knows what happened. Nice. And uh they all well, Lissa gets into more trouble because Rose is already maxed out on trouble, apparently. And- oh, right. Yeah. So Rose gets like two detentions because the teachers or Lissa gets two detentions because the teacher's like, we can't do anything more to you, Rose. Yeah. That's great. I guess that's a good place to be in. Like if you wanted yeah. to do, if you wanted to get in trouble that wasn't like expelling worthy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get into the high school drama. Just, well, we get a flashback first. Oh. 
I saw the word Mia and I just assumed it was drama time. Yeah. Oh, because that starts. Oh, okay. Okay. There's like just a paragraph about kind of them talking about Mia's family. But then we get the flashback um, because last week, Rose, Lissa had wanted to talk to Rose kind of about the similarities of finding the fox and something that had happened two years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was really cryptic to us, the reader at the time. We didn't know what that was about. And now we get the flashback of what happened two years ago. Yes, they found a raven that was hurt. Miss Carp was there. Uh, Lissa touched the raven and suddenly it wasn't hurt anymore. It was alive. You know, it was dead. It wasn't just hurt. It was oh, dead. It, it was dead? It was fully oh, yes, dead. definitely dead. Don't touch it. And then and, suddenly it was alive. And then it was alive, yep. Uh, and that's when so, Miss Carp kind of went crazy and was like, you have to keep her safe. They're going to come for her. Don't tell anybody, blah, blah, blah. Lissa is vampire Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. All right. I mean, in a way, that's what St. Vladimir is. And as we learn later in these chapters, Lissa and Vladimir have a lot in common. They do. Absolutely. Uh, then we get um, Mason trying to be a good guy. It works a little well. bit in his favor, I suppose. You don't like Mason? I don't like when every boy we're introduced to is in love with the main character. I would like him more if she wrote him as just a friend. But then later on, okay. he's like into her. And I'm like, why? Why are you into her? Give because me she's, any she's reason. Beautiful. She's, she's beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure awesome. other I'm sure there are other pretty girls in this school. It's because she's the main character. OK, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I do like these books. Sorry, I'm being hard on them, but I just I know I know. But I think Mason did something really sweet here. He actually on his own went and looked up to see what he could find out about uh, Shadow Kissed Anna because he knew that Rose was looking into it. And Fair. Yes. Very nice. But it just has like nice guy TM qualities to it, you know, and I'm like, mm. it just feels I don't know. Um, and apparently we also get to learn what primary sources are in, in this chapter because Rose <laughs> doesn't know. I find that hilarious. There's a little lesson <laughs> in your vampire fiction about history right. or researching history. Yeah. See, I expect that from like a discovery of witches, but that's, not in my vampire I mean, academy. <laughs> that's fair. I guess we had a lot of history lessons from our last vampire podcast. We did. Oh, and then we really um, have the catalyst for some actual high school teenage drama that's going to happen. Mm. There's an assembly where all the royals come, including the queen. Right, and yes. The queen has some choice words for Lissa. And I have to say, this is one of the best burns I've seen written in a while. Um, it, it really is. She's all like, oh, Lissa, you have a, such a great royal name and it's so strong. And like, your last name is great and awesome too. So you've been doubly named. Awesome. But clearly... The name does not make the person, given the things that you've been doing recently. Now, she said it a lot more eloquently than that, but that's basically what she did in front of everybody. I love the idea of like, like, can you imagine you're an American president Joe Biden showing up to your school and having a personal insult just for <laughs> you? <laughs> I mean, it's simultaneously awesome and mortifying, right? Like, I get that it's a small uh, community. And Lissa is part of like the royal, the, the higher up, the noble group. Mm -hmm. But it's still just, it would be so weird as well as terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, because, like, at first, like, Rose can feel Lissa's emotions, right? And so at first, Lissa's kind of, like, preening with, like, this shy praise because, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the queen knows my name. She knows who I am. Yeah. And then burn. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. And then Natalie and Rose try to cheer Lissa up after that, but Lissa has trauma from her parents being dead and her family and her brother. Um, and now she also feels like she's let them all down. Yep. And she uh, chooses in this moment of conversation to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reveal to Rose that she likes Christian, mm-hmm. which just pisses Rose off even more about the whole Christian thing. She's so jealous. Like, she's super jealous of Christian. It's not just she thinks Christian's a bad influence. She's just flat out jealous. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I think I'm trying to skip over this next bit because it's drama. When Mia shows up? Yeah. I hate her. Is it okay to just, like, skip all of her scenes? <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Mia shows up and causes problems, and then Dimitri shows up and encourages everyone to go home. We did... Um skip over i just want to say there was a training session in here and it is the moment i think where rose realizes dimitri is hot (laughs) and um and then for the rest of these chapters anytime she's like well that person's good looking oh but dimitri more good looking right yeah (laughs) everyone else stops being hot yeah um this is also the chapter where we end it with rose flat out lying to christian i know it's so terrible yeah, it's awful. She's just mean. And, like, Dimitri knows what she's doing and tries to stop her, too. Yeah. And she's having none of it. And she just, uh, she she hurts him because she knows how to hurt him because she's been privy to their private conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It's a shitty moment for Rose. It is. It's a really shitty moment. She kind of knows that it's shitty. Yeah. But then we get the scene with Lessa. In the next chapter? Yeah. Yes, so then Dimitri wakes Rose up in the middle of the night, and she immediately knows that it's Lissa, and then... No, no, mm -hmm. Dimitri didn't wake her up. She went to... Oh, she went to... She woke up, yes, other way around, sorry. Yeah, she woke up, um, and she knew something was wrong with Lissa, and she went and made, like, the the dorm matron call Dimitri. Yes, But he immediately knew that if she was calling, that it's about Lissa, and so they got everybody over to Lissa's... That makes so much more sense than the way I had it in my head, too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a couple different things going on in this scene. Um, Lissa's locked in the bathroom, and she does let Rose in, and there's a lot of blood. And she has been cutting into her wrists. Not mm-hmm. deep enough to cause death, but deep enough to cause harm. And Rose is upset and is like, I thought you were going to tell me before you did this again. And Lissa's very apologetic and says it was just too overwhelming. I couldn't. And that's when we find out another dead animal was left in her room for her. And this one was much worse than the first one. Yeah, it's pretty gross. The the animal. I do appreciate Lissa's being so thoughtful about Natalie, about her roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though she's so, like, overstimulated and and traumatized by these events and her emotions are just too much for her that she had to go into the bathroom and like release it the only way that she knew how she was able to clean it up so that it wouldn't upset Natalie first. So in many ways, Lissa is a kind of pale comparison to Rose. 
Because Rose will do anything and everything to protect Lissa. And in mm-hmm. this moment, Lissa's trying to do the same thing for Natalie. Yeah, that's true. She is trying to protect Natalie. Although, what is the timeline on this? With like, when did the animal get there? When did Lissa get back to the room? When did Natalie get back to the room? I don't I don't think we know. It sounded like Natalie was sleeping when the rabbit was put there. So were they both asleep when the rabbit was put there? Or did Lissa come back late? No, Lissa says, um, she says, I came back about an hour ago and it was there, right there okay. in the middle of the floor. Um, and Natalie just slept through it. Apparently Natalie slept through all of it. I do think it's interesting that all of this is happening and Natalie is still asleep in the room. Like, because even after Karova gets there and there's like all of this other stuff, Nat- Lissa's like, don't wake Natalie. If I was like, I don't see how any of the adults aren't like, we should wake Natalie and see if she saw or heard anything. Right. Or or at least move her. Clearly no one here has any experience with investigating. I know. Like I've read crime. many books. I know how to wake somebody up and ask them if they heard anything. Yeah. But yeah, so Lissa is both being very nice, but also, uh, well, she's not in a great headspace. No. With everything. And Rose, again, recalls the flashback with Miss Carp um, because Carp had told her the more she uses it, the worse it'll get. And so she was kind of instructing Rose to make Lissa stop using her powers that way. Yes. Because the more she uses them, the the worse her headspace is. The more she heals people, the less or the, the less good Lissa is. But she hasn't healed anyone. She's been doing compulsion. That's true. And she probably did try to heal the rabbit did she try oh maybe no because with uh i think we're getting into some spoilers here but i don't think she would because she would have been able to bring it back from the dead that's fair she didn't okay because we can assume no okay that's (laughs) i was just gonna be all spoilers never mind (laughs) regardless this incident freaks rose out freaks rose out enough that she tries to convince lissa that they need to run away again yes and lissa says no it doesn't look like Lissa says no. They just don't finish their conversation. Okay. Yeah, Lissa, you're right. I'm, I'm yeah. projecting onto her based on <laughs> what happens in the rest of these chapters. Yes. Uh, Lissa goes to sleep and Rose gets sent back to her room, which I think is pretty shitty of the adults, honestly. Well, but the nurse does. I mean, the nurse is kind of nice. You know, Rose is like, I can't go because I promised her she wouldn't be alone. And the nurse is like, don't worry. I promise she's not going to be alone. And so the nurse is trying to be kind there. And I appreciate that. I guess. Um, and then now we really get into the high school drama. Like we've been like hyping it up and amping it up. But now all of a sudden, everybody's staring at Rose when she goes out. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fucking high school kids, man. Yeah. So anyways, Jesse and this kid. Oh, yeah. Pretentious Ralph are spreading some rumors about Rose that are untrue. And it makes Rose miserable. And Lissa has this moment where she finally realizes that Rose has been dedicating her whole fucking life to Lissa. Mm -hmm. And maybe Lissa could also stick up for her friend a little bit. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not giving Lissa enough credit here because she's been going through some stuff too. But like, I like that she is finally like, oh no, I'm going to look after, I'm going to take care of everything this time, Rose. Right. Um, Because she's, I mean, she's always lived a life of just having things handed to her and having things done for her. And as much as they are very good friends, there is still that dynamic of she's the Marori and mm-hmm. Rose is the Dampier and she expects Rose to 
always be on her side and to always be fighting for her, whether physically or not. Mm -hmm. So I do like that she has this one moment here where she thinks, oh, wait, I can do things for Rose, too. Yep. Unfortunately, doing things for Rose is basically compelling everyone to like her. And it should be, I should say, Rose does not want her to. Rose is like, no, 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 please don't do this. And Lissa's just like, no, no, I am powerful. Um, Lissa is also the one who did figure out that Mia was the one behind it, not like Jesse and Ralph spread the rumors, but Mia is the one who convinced them to. Yes, obviously. But Rose, um, not Rose, Lissa is, I think you even said it, like, she's like, I will take care of everything. And suddenly Lissa's just out there compelling everyone to not believe the lies and to kind of let Lissa be the queen bee of the school again. Yes. Which is kind of weird. And then we do have um, a training session with Rose and Dimitri. And Rose mentions not wanting to be like her mother, Mm -hmm. which we've gotten like brief flashes of or brief, you know, some information about Rose's mom. But we don't know anything about Rose's dad because Rose doesn't. Mm -hmm. And basically the only thing we know about Rose's mom is that she's a badass guardian. And that is her whole life above her daughter, above everything else. Mm -hmm. And yeah, (laughs) Rose doesn't want to be like that. This is. Also, the same conversation where we find out about Dimitri's past. Yes. Where he was raised. um, Because basically, Dimitri's defending Rose's mom. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. What is her name? Is her name Janice? Can't remember. Alberta? No, Alberta's not her mom. Alberta's the guardian who was with Dimitri when they found Rose and Lisa. But anyway, um, basically, Dimitri's saying she's a very respected Dompier woman, and she has... She's done right by you. She set you on the same path to also be a well-respected and powerful woman. And Rose makes a side remark, but that that he's right. It could have been worse. She could have been raised with blood whores, which is like one of the worst insults that you could call somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's when Dimitri reveals he was raised in a Dompier commune, which is a much better way. Well, of of labeling this group. I guess of people. it's better than blood horse. It still sounds well. It is what it is. Yeah, it is still. I mean, these these are going to be the. I don't like. I feel like there needs to be like a third label or class in this world. But again, this is it is poor world building because basically the only options that Dompier women have are to be guardians or have live children. in these communities. Where they have children with Maroi men. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they can run off and live as humans. But then they're... They can. I, th- I think then they're cut off from their families and their their people, their culture. Yeah, they're just yeah. forgotten. They're yeah. written off as, as horrible. But, you know, we do get a little bit of, of humanizing into Dimitri here because really all we've gotten from him so far is that he's a badass fighter mm-hmm. who's willing to train Rose. And he's really hot, Right. Like, that's really all we know about Dimitri. But here we find out, you know, he was raised in one of these communities where the Maroi men come frequently. He did know who his father was. His father was a bad man who beat his mother. And when he turned 13, he beat the shit out of his father. So I appreciate that about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it is like we get a different look at what Rose calls blood whores. Because Dimitri just says, I just grew up with family, you know, Mm -hmm. which is completely different than what Rose grew up with, who was all but abandoned by her mom. 
Yeah, she grew up with students. Yeah. Talk yes. about the ultimate drama, school drama. And then they have some flirting also. Oh, of course. We find out that he really likes her hair just as much as she does. Mm-hmm. And she has a moment of saying, I don't ever want to cut it because I don't think we've talked about Have we talked about the tattoos? We have not talked about the tattoos. Dom pairs get tattoos when they become guardians. They get a single tattoo that shows that they, and it's on the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. And then for every Strigoi they kill, they get a little, like, lightning bolt mark. Mm-hmm. And so Dimitri has six. Um, Rose has pointed that out several times in the book so far. And she points out to Dimitri that she doesn't want to cut her hair. And Dimitri's like, it's not required. You don't have to. And she's like, but then nobody will be able to see my tattoos. And um, so I love that it's a vanity thing on either side of it for her. Yes. Right? And so he's just like, wear it up. Yes. It's so obvious. But I I don't think he says it in that tone of voice. No, because he tells her not to cut it. It's definitely uh, he thinks she's beautiful and sexy. It doesn't bother me when Dimitri says that about her, which is the wrong thing to take from this book because he's an adult and she is not. But here we are. She's 17. Mm -hmm. She's almost 18. How old is Dimitri? I don't think we know. We just know that he's old enough to be a guardian. So he's clearly, you know, out of school. He's definitely older. He's in his 20s. We don't, we don't know his actual age. We do. Hold we on. do already? I think he said it, didn't he? Mm, Either way, I'm Googling a, it. It's in a later chapter. I'm, we haven't gotten to yet in the podcast. Look, this is not a big spoiler. I've spoiled bigger things, except <laughs> I said I'd cut those out, so I don't know. Anyways. I think Go- he's like 27, maybe. Google tells me he's 24. 27 oh. would be terrible. You're right. You're right. 24 is pretty bad, but 27... <sighs> Would be horrendous. And and that's pretty bad. 24 and 17. He has a birthday in book two, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> let's just, you know what? Let's just acknowledge that bad choices were made with the ages in this book. And we're going to move on. Moving on. Um, Rose continues to betray her friendship with Lissa and continues to spy on her in her head to find out how often she's using compulsion and kind of what's happening. You know, I don't mind it in this one, in this case, because Lissa is a little going a little too far, I think. She is. I think I'm just annoyed at Rose for what she did to Christian. You know, that's as a result of her spying. And so it just kind of makes me feel hinky about the whole thing. Yes. Especially since almost immediately in this, she's just like, maybe Christian could help. (laughs) It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Rose needs a bit of a slap in the face. Not literally. And then, yeah, we just have some a lot more high school drama. We have, like, Mason coming to, ha- like, not just the stuff happening with Lissa, where she's getting everybody to think she's popular again and everybody to love her, except, of course, for Christian, who is just staring at her from afar, and Mia, who is also staring at her from afar. But Mia's trying to hide it, and Christian is just like, no, I hate everyone. Um, <laughs> we also get, like, the we get more with uh, Mason and Rose and how he... How Mason has a crush on her and Rose is just like, oh, I wish I could like him back, but I mm-hmm. have a sexy teacher, so I can't. Again, not a teacher, <laughs> but she's not above using Mason to get what she wants. Yes, this is, it's both crappy and not crappy, I feel. Like, well done, Rose, but also let's not flirt with people we don't actually care about in that way. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a little tough. Um but I mean, she is also like unfairly on house arrest, so she's got to do what she's got to do. 
Also true. She needs those old stuffy books that are in the weird church room that were all about St. Vladimir, possibly written by St. Vladimir. Mm -hmm. And she needs to get them from Christian, who she has just pissed off. So she can't go do it. Well, again, I think that's just because of house arrest, though. I think she would do it. Yeah. Because she can't leave unless unless she's going to church or class. I mean, she does sneak out for a party later in this this chapter, the next chapter. So that's I guess she has. Well, she wasn't sneaking. She didn't know she was sneaking out for a party, did she? Like a party party. Like she's just sneaking out on Lissa's orders. That's true. So that's different. I I would sneak out for my best friend, too, especially in situations like this. Yeah. But she also does ask Mason to tell Christian that she lied that night and that she's sorry. And Mason's yes. like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Rose is like, that's okay. Christian will know. So I give her a little bit of credit for that. Yes. But I also have to give Christian a lot of credit for saying it doesn't mean anything when it came through Mason. Yes, that's, I mean, that's at the very end. But yes, uh, that was a good scene. I, I liked their, when they finally had it out and they had a moment of, wait, actually, maybe we are friends. Mm-hmm. I like that about the two of them. Yeah. So she gets the books. And she reads them and she sort of puts everything together and she remembers Miss Carp telling Rose that she is shadow kissed, like shadow kissed Anna. Mm-hmm. And Rose figures out that Vladimir had actually been using compulsion a lot. To be like a like, charismatic leader. That's yeah, great. I like that. Yeah. And was like doing mass compulsion on people. And was known for being a healer. And everybody just thinks it's because he's a saint. But Rose right. is like. But if Lissa can heal and do this mass compulsion thing and this shadow kiss thing keeps coming up, then maybe mm-hmm. this is just a Maroi thing that happens sometimes. Right. And then we get another flashback to Miss Carp, um, continually kind of seemingly being crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And especially from Rose's perspective, when the event happened, Miss Cart probably seemed super off her rocker. But the more that we're learning about Vladimir and kind of seeing what Lissa's going through now, it makes a lot more sense, which, of course, is what, you know, exposition's for. But we find out that really Miss Carp is the reason that Rose took Lissa away because Miss Carp was harping on they're going to come for me and then they're going to come for her. They're going to find out what she does, mm-hmm. what she is and what she does. And it freaked Rose out. Yes. And we get like, then yeah, Rose sneaks out to go to the party. And then we get a flashback to another party they were at mm. where Lissa ended up using compulsion on one of the boys who had brought a feeder. We haven't really talked about the feeders because that's gross too, but whatever. And was basically going to rape this girl. And Rose used compulsion to get him to not do that and almost had him beat himself up with a baseball bat. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. You said Rose used compulsion. I think you meant Lissa. Yeah, I can't keep them straight. <laughs> it They're the same person, apparently, even though they're extremely different. Yeah, this this event um, really shows us the depth of what the magic does to Lissa. Yeah. Because she cannot control the darkness that she's feeling. And, and she literally is getting ready to have this kid bash his own head in, I think. Yes. And the only way Rose is able to get through to her is to show her how scared the girl is, the mm-hmm. girl that she's trying to save, that she's upset that they were taking advantage of. And that is the only thing that got through to Lissa and yes. stopped her. And at the end of this flashback, we kind of see 
what I assume is when Rose made the choice to put Lissa first, because like once Lissa lets the the kid go, the 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 boy who was gonna kill who she was gonna force to kill himself with a baseball mm-hmm. bat, um, he he blames Rose, and Rose just says, "Oh yeah, that was me. I don't know how, but whatever." They just believe her. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, "I can't let them think it was Lissa." Because then they will come after her, like Miss Carp said, and we have to get out of here. Yep. They, and she's also never drank again since then. She's never had alcohol yeah. because the alcohol was impeding the connection that they had. Right. Yes. Um, and so she she didn't want to do that again. Um, and then our last chapter of the week. Mm-hmm. And it's more high school drama. Everybody loves the drama. Lissa and Aaron are back together, and Mia is really, really, really pissed off about it. And then Rose, okay. And then Rose try, goes to talk to a teacher to get some more answers about magic, and basically comes to the conclusion that the vamp, the Moroi, who don't specialize in a magic, seem to be the ones who can do this healing and go. And have the the mental health issues and mm-hmm. and yeah, just just sort of finishes putting it all together. And then so she goes to talk to Lissa about it and to also tell her that she can stop all this stuff that she's doing because she knows she doesn't like the people that she's being friends with now. You know, she stopped the rumors. They put Mia in her place or whatever. And then we have another moment of Lissa realizing that you know she has to be a royal and be circulating with these people because it's what her parents would have wanted and. Then Rose is like, your parents would have wanted you to be happy, actually. And yeah, they go on like that. But Lissa doesn't really doesn't really say that she's going to stop. And then um, Rose and Christian have their moment of friendship and of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And then that's uh, that's the chapter, except that we know we learn that they're going to go on a shopping. Nope, that's the next chapter. Sorry, I, my audiobook kept playing. <laughs> yeah so this section i i love the the uh symmetry of our eight chapters this week we started with the conversation between lissa and christian that's and true we yeah. end with the conversation with rose and christian and rose certainly came a long way in these chapters i love that she's doing everything that she can to try and figure out what is actually going on with lissa mm-hmm so that she can protect her. Um, she's really jumping into these extra training sessions so that she can protect her. Mm-hmm. Um, hate the high school drama, wish all of that could go away. And it very easily could have because it's not super integral to the plot other than the compulsion. You know, she's using the compulsion, which is driving some of her mental health issues. But I think they could have accomplished that differently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think I have to agree with something Rose said in these chapters. She said that her uh, training sessions were her favorite part of the day. And they are currently my favorite parts of the book. <laughs> you just want as much Dimitri as possible? I do. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I think Dimitri brings out the best in Rose. And he, he, he sees Rose's potential. And that allows Rose to see herself through his eyes. And it makes her a better person. And I like that. Yes. It's almost like when you treat people with respect, they respond well. Nah, that's too simple. I was going to say um, <laughs> treat them like adults, but I thought saying that about Dimitri would not be the thing to say. <laughs> wow, we're really dogging on Dimitri's age here. Uh, so to be fair, like, okay, I'm not saying anything against Dimitri. I guess I'm saying things against Rochelle Mead for making these choices. 
I, I definitely feel like he could have been 21 and I would have felt just a little bit better about it. Okay, that's fair. But so far in the book, really all we've gotten is Rose crushing really super hard on Dimitri and Dimitri trying really hard to stay on task. Like mm-hmm. every time there's a hint of anything unprofessional, like he shuts it off. Like he's doing the right thing so far. Mm, he likes massaging her hands, telling her about his past. Telling her to put her hair up instead of cutting it off so she could still have her pretty hair. Okay, the putting her hair up thing (laughs) is real close to the line, I think. And before that, he he had a sentence where he just like abruptly stopped talking so he didn't call her pretty. Yeah. But see, that's because he knew. He -hmm. knew it was inappropriate and so he stopped. Honestly, I don't know why I'm arguing it though because I think it's completely fine. I don't have any problems with it. I'm not against it either insofar as this is a fiction book and I could care less about fiction. Right. Like in uh, my fiction stories, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I I, did you ever watch Pretty Little Liars? (laughs) I had no No. issues with Arya and Ezra. That means nothing to me, but I'm going to assume there was an age difference. He was Um, literally her teacher. Oh, okay, Gotcha. So I don't have no issues with that. As but, long as we all accept into our hearts that this is fiction and it's yes. cool in fiction and it's not cool when it's not fiction, then that's fine. I don't care. I hundred percent. I mostly keep bringing it up to be funny and because I know how much you like Dimitri. I do. I do. He's my second favorite character in the books. Rose is your first? Yes. This is difficult for me. Do you have a second favorite? I, I mean, no, I love Rose. Rose is great. And as much as future character is... A favorite of mine, it, it's his whole journey that is my favorite. And that includes the sequel, books. the sequel books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic in the sequel series. Yeah. So say. I don't I don't know that I could necessarily say he was my favorite in these books. He's just really fun in these books, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, his growth opportunity comes later. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But when it's there, it's great. Um, yeah. So it's been so long since I read them. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I may change my mind moving forward in the series, mm-hmm. or at least it may it may ebb and flow a little bit, right? Like Rose is going to consistently be my favorite, I think, but there are going to be other characters that kind of pop up here and there. It's true um, for time I think, periods. I think Rose and Lissa, like they are the main characters, and their them having or their lack of having a love interest, like the love interest characters don't have growth the way that these two have the the their love mm-hmm. interests exist to be their love interest which i'm fine with i just don't think that they are fabulous characters in and of themselves fair enough hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that in more detail later yeah in like book four but you know <laughs> all right so next week we are finishing the book yes all right just in time for the show to start sometime in September. I don't even remember the date because I'm a terrible human. September 15th. It's a Thursday. Wonderful. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at LoyaltyBloodPod or you can email us at LoyaltyAndBloodPod at gmail.com. I'm Caitlin and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin or you can see what I'm reading on Instagram at InferiorCateReads. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at eloquentgushing.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can just find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay.
pretty sure you said Grossum. Did you do that on purpose? No. Well, we weren't recording yet, so there's no... There's no proof. <laughs> there's no proof. <laughs> okay. Like, you can find great and awesome. Anyways, <clears throat> welcome to Loyalty and Blood, a Vampire Academy podcast, where we'll be talking about... I just... That was all one word. <clears throat> where we'll... <sighs> Fuck me. Just start over. 